everyone. Welcome to Crime Cults and Coffee. I'm Bryn. And I'm Kelsey. And today I wanted to start off with a Netflix recommendation. I think I mentioned it to you briefly, but I've been obsessed. Okay, what is it? I think I know what you're going to say. And if so, I have to start this because someone else just mentioned it to me today. Oh my God. So it's Archive 81. Yes. I haven't been this freaked out in like a very long time from a Netflix show. Oh no. Like freaked out in a good way or a bad way? It makes you think. Okay. But it's also terrifying. <laughs> okay. Do like, I want to watch this? Yeah. So I was telling our brother Casey, I was telling him, I was like, kind of like picture Stranger Things, but like more mature and like adult e. Okay. Oh my god, it's so good. And of course, we can't watch it tonight because Carson fell asleep last night. So he has uh, to go catch up. Care. Yeah, but it is really fucking good. If you're into, I don't even know what to call it, like sci fi, I guess, but uh-huh. also like scary. I don't know. It's so good. Oh my god, I have to start it. And I'm starting it without Timo, I think. <laughs> you do. Like, I feel like it's almost not like quite, but I feel like it's almost on the level of the OA. Oh, no. Really? Yeah. And that's a good oh, no. Yeah. Okay. I'm excited. It's really good. So if you haven't started it yet, guys, you need to. I hit the same problem with Timo recently where, well, I don't know if I've briefed all our listeners on this. I don't think I have. But the new Ozark came out, right? And Timo, for some reason, made me restart the whole thing from the beginning what? Before we watch the new season, he's like, I don't remember things. We need to rewatch it. Oh my God. So I Timo. E- yeah. So I haven't even seen the new season yet. And for days now, I've been waiting because I finished up to episode one of season four, which is the new season. But the other day, Timo told me I went to watch it with him and he's like, I fell asleep the last three episodes. What? Yeah. So literally, little- all he had to do was watch a recap. I know. <laughs> i know i don't get it it's, oh my god that's just the way he is i guess but i've also been sucked in back into the walking dead lately oh really yeah um, yeah i don't know i feel like i get like an hour of like me time and we've just been like binging archive 81 <laughs> oh my gosh okay i have to start it you've convinced it's really me. good binging i say like like i watch it we watch like half an episode a day <laughs> <laughs> we're so tired we're tired individuals <laughs> yeah like do you have I'm... any other recommendations before we get into our coffee um besides ozark i don't think so i haven't really been watching anything else besides like the typical Shit's creek new girl Ugh. on repeat i start Love. i did start the new how i met your father so which good, i love right? Yeah. I love Hilary Duff. She's not a great actress, but she's the best. I love her. Besides that, I just wanted to mention something really weird that happened before we started recording this episode today. Oh, yeah. And I texted Laura and Kelsey because I was like, what the hell just happened? So I was on my computer getting everything like ready to go, my email ready, all that. So when Kelsey was ready, we were both going to start. And all of a sudden, I didn't even click on it. My garage band popped up when I had already been on my computer for like a good amount of time. And it popped up to the Drew Molinari episode. And at 
that t- like the timestamp on top was four 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 four. Like what? It what was so strange. Yeah, and that episode is over an hour long. So the fact that it was stopped right at that time on top, it was really strange. That is so weird. Like, what are the freaking chances? It has yeah. to mean something. Yeah. So just Crazy. a little fun thing that happened. <laughs> yeah. Let us know if you interpret numbers and tell us what that means. Yeah. And as we're speaking right now, at this moment, it just hit 444 four, four on the time. On the time. Oh, I was like, wait. <laughs> on the time of us, re- like on the time of our recording. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Not 444 yeah. 4, 4 p.m. Yeah. No. God, I wish we recorded that early. Me too. That would be so nice. <laughs> I was going to say, it's more like grab your coffee and have an evening with us. That's what we've been doing. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yes, this coffee today we are reviewing is another one from Defer Coffee from Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much, Defer, for sending not one but two bags. Yes, and we love you for it. Yes. And you can listen back to episode 74 when we did our whole spiel about their shop and everything about them, their whole about me and everything like that. So take a listen back if you want to hear more about Defer Coffee. Yeah, we went on for a while about them in that episode, so we probably don't want to repeat it again just for your own ear. The same thing, yeah. (laughs) So today's flavor that we're reviewing from them is Las Lajas, and it is sweet berry, black cherry, and cocoa notes. Their little description that they say about it is ripe, jammy, sweet, and complex. One of our most exciting coffees each year. So I do think this coffee is seasonal. Kelsey and I tried looking on their website, and we couldn't seem to find it at the moment. Yeah, I think they rotate coffees pretty frequently is what it looks like. But Mm -hmm. um, it's definitely jammy. I will say that. Yeah, I feel like it tastes like, like berry jam. At first, when you sip it, you don't really taste it as you're sipping it. It's kind of the aftertaste yeah. for me anyway. Yeah, I agree. I feel like right at the end, you get like the fruity tanginess almost mm-hmm. of like the berries. Yeah. Um, I don't taste much of the cocoa. I don't either. I taste more towards like the middle, a hint of the black cherry. And then at the end, I really taste the sweet berry part of it. Yeah, there's a little zing in the middle. I don't mm-hmm. know if it's like from the cherry or what but I don't know I think as we said we have said in the past that I and Bryn and I are both not huge fans of fruit fruit notes in coffee mm-hmm. so um, I wouldn't probably choose this one to drink every day but if you're the type of person this is kind of like the one that it kind of tastes like there's like a berry tea in it yeah so if you're the type of person that likes like berries or fruit in your coffee this is definitely one for you. Yeah, definitely. It's similar to, but in a different way, the from Fable Grounds Coffee, we reviewed the one that was like Blue Lightning. Yeah, I think the it was called. One. Yeah. Yeah. It's similar to that where the fruity hits hard at the end, but if you're not a fruity coffee person, you probably won't enjoy it. Right. What would you rate this one? So solely because I love the coffee that they have there and we I love the last one we reviewed but um solely because it has like a fruit tang in it I'd probably rate this one like a six. I was gonna say exactly the same. It's not yeah because for my taste buds it's not my 
the type of coffee I like to drink. Yeah, I like more of like not sweet, but like nutty, nutty and chocolatey and yeah, earthy. Same. But same. Yeah, so give it a try though. If you are the type of person that likes your fruity coffee, maybe you can have it with like a scone in the morning or like some toast with some jam on it. Yeah. <laughs> Just bury it the fuck up. Whatever floats your boat. <laughs> <laughs> But just a reminder for their social media accounts and their website. Their website is defer.coffee. Remember last episode we were like, how did they get the dot coffee? So cool. Yeah. And then their Instagram is defer coffee and tea. And defer is spelled D-E-F-E-R. So check them out. Like I mentioned, they have locations in Pittsburgh. Um, there's a few different locations in Pittsburgh, three to be exact, actually. So check them out if you're in the area and you're in the strip district. That's one of the ones that looks like their main um, shop. So check it out. Cool. All right. Are we ready? Yeah. So grab your coffee and have a morning with us. Okay. So today we are going to be talking about the order of the solar temple. How did you come across this one, Bryn? We hadn't covered a cult in a while, and I know some of our listeners enjoy listening to the culty episodes, so I went digging around and I picked one that I had never heard of because I was interested in learning more. (laughs) (laughs) Gotta love a good cult education. Yeah, and some of the information in this one is just insane, so brace yourselves because we will give you a trigger warning at some point. Yes, So I'm going to start, as always, with the background. So like I mentioned, this is the Order of the Solar Temple, a.k.a. the International Chivalric Organization of the Solar Tradition. Because you know they got to have those six part names. (laughs) For real. (laughs) Why is that a thing? I don't know what is. God, I feel like it's like the unsaid role of cult leaders. They have to have seven names to it. Yeah, and also, hint, hint, if your religious organization has seven names, you might be in a cult. You might be in a cult, and you don't know it. (laughs) Um, It was also just known as the Solar Temple. So if you ever heard of it, it could have just been said as that. It was founded by Joseph DiMambro and Luc Jure. They started the cult or new religious movement in 1984 in Geneva, Switzerland. DiMambro was raised Catholic and grew up going to church on Sundays. He began practicing occultism in his 20s. He also established the Golden Way Foundation, and this foundation is um, has connected cult enthusiasts, so kind of like a, a found interest there. And he met Luc Jure through this foundation. So they kind of all gathered like oh i'm interested in occult stuff yep and that's how they all found each other i guess that's like crazy that there's things out there like that yeah like people that are just like into the occult jure was a homeopathic physician and new age lecturer he had originally studied to be a doctor but switched to spiritualism and homeopathy instead okay so I I can I keep I'm behind that. Yeah, you know that's cool. Mm-hmm. 
Jure was traveling the world learning alternative medicine when he came across the Golden Way Foundation, and that's, again, how he met DiMambro. They then decided to create their new religious movement, a.k.a. their cult, by combining their experience with other cult beliefs and religious beliefs. That's fine. Yeah. But, like, that never ends well. (laughs) No, and like we've mentioned in other episodes, there's a fine line between creating a new religion or believing in bits and pieces of things and going over that line into extremism or a cult-like situation. Right. Like, it, it just crosses a line. Yeah. I will mention, however, that some historians believe that the Solar Temple was actually founded in 1952 by French author Jacques Briere. So, kind of just differing information there. But mm-hmm. the Solar Temple's headquarters eventually moved to Zurich, Switzerland. In Zurich, there was a leadership council of 33 members. So, still pretty small, but. Mm-hmm. Lodges were set up regionally, and this included Switzerland, Canada, France, Australia, and Martinique. These lodges were run by a regional commander and three elders. I feel like when you throw the word elders in there, it's just screaming cult. I don't know. Well, yes and no, because in Wiccan religion, some people are referred to as elders. Yeah, I guess that's true. But I'm also thinking of Harry Potter. (laughs) why because of the elder wand yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's cool but totally separate (laughs) so in these lodges members performed initiation ceremonies and rites of being in the group so basically whatever the fuck that entailed who knows but Mm -hmm. uh you know as we've learned in the past from cults it can't be good yeah and i'm sure some of the stuff that was that actually took place was never known. Yeah. Outside of the people who par- partook in it. Right. I agree. They also had altars, costumes, and rituals at these lodges. There was also a sect located in Spain um, and a, a majority in the Canary Islands, that specific part of Spain. So here's a quote from Britannica explaining some background history of where the cult stemmed from. So this is one big quote from Britannica.com. Quote, The Solar Temple traced its history to the revival of the Knights Templar, a military religious order founded in the 12th century that was suppressed by papal command in 1312. In the years after the French Revolution... In 1805, Bernard Raymond Fabra Palapart, claiming to be the head of the Knights Templar, attempted to recreate this order. His group split into many factions, some of which developed a belief in the imminent end of the world. Before founding the Solar Temple, Jurey had belonged to a descendant of one of these factions, the Renewed Order of the Temple. So just or so he said. Yeah, (laughs) right. (laughs) I feel like that's always like a thing too. Yeah, and I feel like I fully support people who want to go off and 
maybe believe in a little bit of this religion, a little bit of that religion. I'm yeah. kind of like that in a way, you know, and, Agreed. and I fully support that. But when you're splitting into these different factions, do good with that. Right. Don't cause harm. Yeah. Or create like a fantasy world of things that don't even exist. Right. Which we'll get into. Oh my gosh. Craziness. The Order of the Solar Temple includes elites in society and most of the members were all were well off income wise or their job positions. So just keep that in mind as well. I feel like that's also a common theme with cults. Mm. And this is a quote from filmdaily.co. Quote, several millionaires, French policemen, respected civil servants, doctors, and more were all part of the Order of the Solar Temple. Wow. And this cult peaked in early 1990s, which I don't know how I didn't know about this because I don't know. I feel like that was not that long ago. Yeah. I feel like, too, well, we were also babies then. Very true. (laughs) (laughs) But I feel like, too, that the fact that they had all these higher ups or wealthy people involved, they were able to fuel it even more because we all know that a lot of the time these cults request you to literally give your life savings to them or uh, a lot of money or a membership or whatnot. And I feel like the fact that they had all these really, really wealthy people involved, they're probably just making tons of money, the leaders, And kind of utilizing that to make this cult even bigger. Yeah, I agree. And, like, you can get away with a lot more with powerful people. Right. So moving on to a little bit of the beliefs of this cult. This is a quote from Wiki. Quote, establishing, quote unquote, correct notions of authority and power in the world. An affirmation of the primacy of the spiritual over the temporal, assisting humanity through a great transition, and transition was in quotes, preparing for the second coming of Christ as a solar god king, and furthering a unification of all Christian churches and Islam. So basically, they thought there was going to be this massive transition where their their group would have to evolve in some sort of way. They thought there was going to be a second coming of Christ. And they thought there was eventually going to be a unification of Christian and Islam, which were their three main beliefs. Like everything was kind of wrapped around that. Right. They also believed in early Christian identity, UFO religion, and New Age philosophy. What the hell is UFO religion? I'm so sorry. Literally believing in aliens. I looked it up. Okay. (laughs) And like basing things around the belief of extraterrestrial life. Oh, I didn't even know that was real. Okay. We'll get kind of further into that and you'll see how they incorporated it in. Okay. A bit. This cult is described as combining evangelical Christian doctrine with occult Freemasonry. And they used, this is a quote from Wiki, quote, variously adapted Freemason rituals, Hmm. which wasn't really elaborated on because if anyone knows anything about Freemasonry, 
a lot of that stuff is a secret within that group. Right. So we don't really know all the rites and rituals within that. They believe that the Earth would have a worldwide catastrophe in the mid-1990s. And because of this, they felt they needed to enter a, quote, higher spiritual plane before that happened. Interesting. Yeah. They also believe that this catastrophic event would mark the second coming of Jesus. And they would refer to Jesus Christ as, the quote, the solar god king. So instead of calling him Jesus, they called him the solar god king. Hmm. I don't really know where they came up with that name, but interesting, very interesting. Each its own, yeah. Yep. They wanted to recreate the 14th century Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn and the Templar. So another really long name there. <laughs> another five word name. Yeah. The Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn, quote, was a secret society devoted to the study and practice of the occult metaphysics and paranormal activities and that was a quote from wiki the templar or the knights templar it was also called was a catholic military order and if you would like to read more about either of these groups individually we will include their wiki pages in our work cited because there's a lot about both of those groups separately mm-hmm they believe they could bring control and harmony during the apocalyptic time. Oh, God. Yeah. And this is another quote from filmdaily.co. Quote, ultimately, members of the Order of the Solar Temple believe that once the end of the world comes, they will be transported to a planet orbiting the star Sirius in order to live out an afterlife. Oh, so that's kind of how the UFO ties in. Was tied in. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I get yeah. it. In order to be transported, one had to be devout to the order of the Solar Temple cult. Members had to pay fees to be in the religious sect, which worked since, as mentioned, most of the members were very wealthy. There you go. Yeah. Number one bad sign. <laughs> yeah. And there were fees they had to pay. There were membership things they had to contribute to. They had to take certain courses and all that, mm-hmm. as mentioned in other episodes. And as mentioned, there was a leadership council of 33 top members. They were known as the Elder Brothers of the Rosy Cross. Interesting. They, yeah. They were located in Zurich. And they were part of the central authority known as the Synarchy of the Temple. So I think that's kind of where that Templar or the Knights Templar kind of came in because it was like a military order. Mm, That makes sense. Yeah. And members were also expected to level up, if you want to call it that. That was kind of like the best way I could describe it. Even but that's that sounds... how it like that's how it always is with cults. It's like they try to make you move up and up and up and level up, and it's like I don't know. You have to yeah. do a lot of bad things to do that. The thing that I question with all this, with with cults, and with this one, like where did these leaders come up with these doctrines for their people to follow? 
I feel fucking like they- flourish and blots like in <laughs> Harry Potter the bookstore like where did they get these documents I have no idea I feel like a lot of it is just like personal opinion and mentality like going into religion and like I don't know yeah and like for example I mean when you are part of a religious group and I'll use Catholicism as an example you have your your bible you have other documents that are there showing what you believe in and stories of what you believe you know what i mean like backing it up yeah yes so what are they showing these people as their quote-unquote bible or information like where are they where are they showing them anything or are these people just taking their word for it when it comes to this cult? I feel like it could be explained away until you introduce the UFO religion. Like, that's where I'm, at. I'm out. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, the other ones I feel like are just combining religious beliefs. Yeah. But the UFO thing is just like, okay, where is this written down? Yeah. And did they present them with actual papers or books of religion as proof? Or did they make their own and, like... Buy an old school typewriter and burn the edges with a lighter and dab it with tea bags to make it look aged and legit like a middle school history project. Like what? Shut the fuck up. <laughs> like what? Did you ever do that in middle school? Because I did. Yeah, and then they put it like on a scroll. <laughs> yeah. Like is that what they did? If they presented them with this old documentation, or their, or did they not have anything at all? I don't know. I, I feel like when somebody is so powerful and everybody believes in their power, they really don't have to do much to prove it to everybody. You know what I mean? They just, like, take their word for it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Getting back into it. So rega- in regards to this leveling up, here's a quote from Wiki. Progression in the order was by levels and grades with three grades per level. The levels being the Brothers of Parvis, the Knights of the Alliance, and the Brothers of the Ancient Times in ascending order. There were many organizations associated with the OTS, including the International Arcadia Sciences and Tradition, Arcadia Clubs, Menta Clubs, Agata Clubs, and Atlanta Clubs, all of which offered the teachings of Luc Jure both to the general public and privately to OTS members, end quote. Wow. So there was this whole tiered thing that they had going on within this. I feel like that's so common. Yeah. That's such a common theme. Yeah. So the members actually wore robes as well as they held swords during some of the ceremonies that they had. DeMombro said that this sword was an authentic Templar artifact. So I guess, I don't know, I guess he convinced people of of that. Yeah. I want to know where he got this sword from, though. Like, did he buy it at his local thrift shop? (laughs) You know, he pawned it. He got it from a pawn shop. (laughs) He's like, ooh, this looks old. He went antiquing for the weekend. (laughs) He went antiquing for the ancient sword. He's like, ah, this will do well. This is nice. (laughs) Engraved Templar on it. (laughs) He also said it was given to him in his past life of his a thousand years ago. So. Okay, but how did, did he just 
put it somewhere and he was able to retrieve it each lifetime. I know, that's what I'm confused about. Or was he saying, oh, I received this a thousand years ago and now in this lifetime, this is the same thing. I don't know. I feel like in lifetimes you change different forms. Like, what if he was, like, a bird in the last lifetime? Yeah. But this is one of the things I'm talking about where it's, like, how... How does no one question it? Did he prove this? Yes. Yeah. Members were also told that DeMombro's son was conceived through theogamy or marriage with the gods and his daughter was conceived immaculately like Mary and Jesus. Wow. That's something. He's blessed. (laughs) I'm sorry. I can't laugh. Jure claimed that in a quote-unquote previous life, He was a member of the Knights Templar. He also told them that he was the third reincarnation of Jesus Christ. And that was a quote from Ranker.com. And these two men just happened to find each other. Through an occult. When this one man had this sword for lifetimes and his son was conceived through marriage with the gods and his daughter was immaculately conceived. And then this other man was a third reincarnation of Jesus Christ and they just happened to find each other. Yeah, like I'm I'm confused about that one, but we'll just let it happen. Um Jure said that he would choose female members to have sex with before ceremonies. Which is another fucking theme that I hate about cults. Like Yeah, this is like so common, I feel. This is another quote from ranker.com. Quote He claimed they gave him spiritual strength to do his holy duties. I'm sure they fucking did, dude. That's fucking disgusting. Yeah, that's so gross. Several marriages were broken up due to the sexual encounters. And also when the leader would say these couples weren't, quote, cosmically compatible. That is so, I can't even like, I hate that so much about cults. The manipulation of, like, splitting spouses up. Yeah, and all to, like, keep them from gaining power. Yeah, and it's like, oh, you're not cosmically compatible, but I'm cosmically compatible to have sex with your wife. Yeah, so, like, I'm going to break you up and then put her with another person after. Yeah. hate that. So now we're going to get into crimes that the cult committed. October of 1994... So this next part I'm going to be talking about comes with a trigger warning. So there's some graphic details, including that of children. So if you do not want to listen, I would skip ahead. Antonio Dutois and Nikki Dutois and their three-month-old son, Emmanuel, were murdered in their home. This happened in Morin Heights, Quebec. They were all stabbed repeatedly with a wooden stake. Oh my god. That's so, so awful. Tony had reportedly been stabbed 50 times. Nikki had been stabbed eight times and Emmanuel six times. Alleg- Major overkill. Right, like 50? Mm-hmm. My God. Allegedly, people think that the murder was ordered by DeMombro, who remembers one of the founders. Some articles say that Tony was known to speak out against the cult or fabricate his own visions to try to raise status within the cult. So it's like basically a threat to the leader. Mm-hmm. It, or that's maybe how they saw it. Or just like a person the leader didn't want to rise up within the cult. Because as we've 
mentioned in other episodes, they kind of pick and choose who they want yeah. to come into power with them. Yeah, it's horrible. This is a Ranker.com quote. There were, quote, reports that Antonio or Tony had recently admitted to other cult members that he'd helped install mechanisms in a lodge used for tricking members into thinking they were seeing miraculous things. Wow. Which, like, congratulations for doing that in 1994, because I would love to see how that happened. (laughs) Like, what was the special effects like? (laughs) Like, I a pop really... of smoke comes out, glitter falls to the ground. <laughs> a, like a sheet flies from the ceiling. <laughs> like I need to know what these were. There's a like contraption to like lift the cult leader up a little so it looks like he's <laughs> levitating. <laughs> oh my god, I need to know. What was this miraculous thing? <laughs> In 1994. Um, DeMombro was also furious when he found out that the baby was named Emmanuel. DeMombro said that the baby was the Antichrist and that he was born to keep the group from succeeding with their plans. Oh, my God. How do you say that about a child? This is a filmdaily.co quote. Quote, one of the main beliefs of the Order of the Solar Temple is that a sign of the end of the world would be a birth of a godchild. DeMombro had already given one of his children this title. So, because this child was named Emmanuel, which is a religious name that he already named his child. Right, that's why he was pissed. Yeah, so he's like, oh, the baby's the Antichrist. Sometime after this, DeMombro and 12 followers performed a quote-unquote Last Supper. They mimicked Jesus' last dinner with his apostles. DeMombro was Jesus during this recreation. Of course he fucking was. I am... I'm just... And what a sacrilege. And, like, how do you just, like, appoint yourself like that? Yeah. And and are like, oh, I'm just gonna mimic... We're going to mimic what they did at the Last Supper. And you like, you're, like, assigning roles like you're in a play. Right. Like but that's you're being exactly. serious. So weird. The 12 followers that joined him during this Last Supper were his highest ranked. Um, what was to follow was awful. October 4th through the 5th of 1994... And just to mention, there are some contradictions in articles. Some say this was a few days after the murder of the Dutois family. Some say it was about 12 hours. It was within 12 hours from the murders. So just keep that in mind. 53 members of the Solar Temple in Canada and Switzerland lost their lives. This was through mass suicide and murder. 15 Mm. inner circle members committed suicide with poison. 30 were killed by bullets or smothering. Oh, my, oh god. my god. Oh, my God. That's so many people. And eight were killed by other means to make up the total of 53. That's horrible. Yeah. And in some articles, they mentioned that they they couldn't tell. They thought some of it might have been suicide, but from the looks of certain things or how the markings on people they a lot of it they thought was murder wow yeah and there was 
bruising that included old bruises that showed that some of these people had been enduring abuse way before this happened. Oh my god. Yeah. She's horrible. The building that these members died in were then set on fire by what was described as remote control devices. So this was fucking like planned. Yeah. They they found all these people is because these buildings were on fire and then police or firefighters, whoever, went because these buildings were on fire and then this is what they found. Oh my god, that is horrifying. This is another film daily.co quote quote. Jurey and Demombro told members it was necessary that they transport themselves ahead of time in order to get an early start on inhabiting the planet orbiting Sirius. Those who refused to follow up in poisoning themselves were apparently forced into this afterlife. Oh, oh my God. I can't even imagine how this went down. I don't even want to. No, that had to have been so horrifying. Yeah, it just reminds me of, like, the don't drink the Kool-Aid. Exactly. It's just crazy. Yeah. In Switzerland, some victims were found in a secret underground chapel. The chapel was lined with mirrors and other symbolic Templar items. Some members were found laying in, quote, circular star-like formations with their feet towards the inside of the circle and their heads outward. Oh. Uh, it was almost described as like a sun too in some other articles. It's so creepy. Some had plastic bags over their heads and had been shot in the head. Many of the victims in Switzerland were drugged before they were even shot. And some were injected with tranquilizers. Like how do you do this to to humans? I don't understand. <sighs> It's so – if you didn't know this was real, you wouldn't think it was real. You know right, what I like mean? so far-fetched. Yeah. Some victims were also found in three ski chalets. And this is a quote from Wiki. Quote, Farewell letters left by the believers stated that they believed they were leaving to escape the quote-unquote hypocrisies and oppression of this world. Thank God. There were multiple contributing factors to the start of the mass suicide and murder plans. We mentioned that their belief in getting a quote-unquote head start on inhabiting another planet. So that was one contribution. We also mentioned the belief that Emmanuel was the Antichrist. And it seemed there were other events that kick-started this as well. Dimambro's son Eli became skeptical of the cult and he began finding evidence of visions being fabricated and he spoke out about the cult being a phony. Good for him. That was his own son. Wow. Other members started to notice things as well and left the solar temple and this included how much money the leaders were making off the members. Wow. They were like, what the fuck? Yeah. And then other things started becoming more obvious because they were like, okay, you're taking millions of dollars from us. So he's like, I got to get back on track here. Like, I got to yeah. get these people back. Exactly. Demombro wanted to get the members back in his grasp as well as to keep more from straying. So that was another reason he decided to move forward with this. 
Cult leaders Jiray and Demombro were among the dead, as well as Demombro's son Eli and other members of the Demombro family. And people kind of questioned why Eli was still there because there were some reports that said like he came out with all this information and there were some reports that said he left the cult. Hmm. So either he never really left or couldn't get out or he was somehow tricked into going back there when they committed this mass suicide yeah, and mur- murders. Demambro's gun was also found at the crime scene. And that's not where this ends, even though the two leaders died. Horrible. Yeah, the horror continues. December 15th through the 16th, 1995, another mass... suicide and murder related to the order of the solar temple took place two of the members shot the others and then committed suicide god the 16 bodies were discovered in the vercors mountains of france on december 23rd 1995 they were in a solar temple building and they were also positioned in a star formation that is so many fucking people it really is that's horrifying. Like, I'm appalled. Yeah. That's if that's even, insane. like, the word for it, you know? It's really even not. Like, I can't even come up with a word. Yeah. It's just so... It's so sad. March 23rd, 1997, five members committed suicide in a house in St. Casimir, Quebec. The house was also set on fire. And three children, and these were three children of one of the couples that died, escaped. They were 13, 14, and 16. And they were found in a shed behind the house and had been drugged. Oh, my God. Yeah, and I read in one of the articles that basically to sum up what happened, they were supposed to be part of it. And they somehow convinced – like, they they were drugged by the adults – and they were they somehow convinced their parents to let them leave somehow, and they went and hid in this shed. My God, it's yeah. horrible! It's so horrible. So now I'm just going to talk a little bit about the aftermath of all of this. In the late 1990s, Michel Tabashnik, who was a renowned Swiss music- musician or conductor was arrested as a leader of the Solar Temple. He was indicted for, quote, participation in criminal in a criminal organization and murder. Spring of 2001, he went to trial in France and was acquitted. This verdict was appealed, and then he went back to trial in October 24th of 2006. That is not long ago. No, that is so not long ago. Mm-hmm. He was then cleared again in December of 2006. The religious group is still active today. Early 21st century, the Order of the Solar Temple was believed to have between 140 and 500 members. That's pretty big. Yeah, and that's also a big gap. I think they really just don't know how many people are still part of that religious group. Right, because not a lot of people are going to come forward, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And there ha- there haven't been any more 
mass suicides and murders since the last one we spoke of. So hopefully if this religious organization or cult still does exist, maybe that part of it has kind of phased out or they've realized, oh, wow, um, if we do this, we don't ascend to this other planet or whatever. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I just, it's so interesting to me that things like this spiral off into something so horrific. Yeah. Like, it's just so sad that so many people get caught up in things like this. It is really awful. And, I mean, look how many lives are lost. That's just so sickening. And lost for something that you want to believe in wholeheartedly as, like, your belief system and your religion and something to live by, you know? Right. And realistically, like, somebody is literally just making it all up. Mm Mm-hmm. It's horrible. Uh, so anything else we want to talk about before we end the episode for today? Don't join a cult. Yeah. Um, <laughs> in past in- episodes, we've given you little things on how you know you're in a cult. So Yes. And if you are in one, just like reach out, share a story. Yeah. Let us know. And hopefully it's, if you are part of some kind of cult or religious group, that is cult-like hopefully it isn't one that's extreme like this and it's more of a little gathering living in a community and then that's that believing in what you believe in in a healthy non-harmful way yes yeah and i feel like i wouldn't even consider that being a cult no i mean i feel like People would automatically assume if you live, like, on a commune or something that you're in a cult. Yeah. But I – yeah, I agree with you where I – to me, cult is defined by the things that happen within it. Like the harmful, detrimental things. Right. Or just these leaders who literally take complete advantage of people and spiral with it and create all this shit – Especially involving, like, sex, money, power Um, that doesn't actually have anything to do with the religion. Yeah, it's horrible. It's just their own, like, sociopathic, narcissistic personalities. Yeah. Ugh, I hate it so much. Mm Mm-hmm. Shall we get into our spiel or do you have anything else? Yeah, let's do the – let's do the spiel. The spiel. So – you can go on to our Facebook at Crime Cults and Coffee, and that's where we post weekly uh, photos and our resources from every episode. Um, also on there, and like we've mentioned in the past, is our GoFundMe link for Drew Molinari's billboard to be put up. Please, if you are able to, go donate. Um, it is, like I said, to put a billboard up for more information in the town that he was murdered in. Oh, yeah. Let me jump in for one second to say thank you to anonymous who donated this week to his fun and by this week by the time this comes out it won't be this week but thank you to anonymous thank you so much i mean i know it's appreciated it's definitely appreciated by us so Mm -hmm. thank you we really appreciate that what else our spiel so you can also find us on instagram at crime calls and coffee and that's where we post um our coffee reviews that we've done or um you know 
pictures from, you know, weekly episodes. So go check out our Instagram as well. Yes. And Um, I have been catching up on the posts. I'm almost there. I've seen. (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully I'm not too annoying. No, definitely not. (laughs) Also, if you would like to submit a case suggestion or a cult suggestion, uh, you can send us a DM on our Instagram at Crime Colts and Coffee or shoot us an email at Crime Colts and Coffee at gmail.com. We love hearing from you guys. Yes. Also, if you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, please leave us a nice rate and review. We'd appreciate it. You would get free stickers. And if you don't listen to us on Apple Podcasts, any listening platform of your choice, you can always subscribe, like, or follow in order to receive notifications when new episodes come out. Yep. And I I think think that's that's about it. it. So we will see you guys next week. Yeah, let us know if you want a tutorial on how to make really old-looking parchment paper (laughs) with tea bags and a lighter. I've done it. Bryn's done it. We can show you. We can show you. We're pros. We could just, like, write our own little, like, thing. (laughs) Yeah, maybe we should make one just to, like, post and show. Yeah. Let us know if you want that. (laughs) (laughs) Please do. Until next week. Bye, guys. Bye. regarding this case and our resources follow us at crime cults and coffee on instagram and facebook